And welcome to another edition of Scott Wheeler's Airplay, where we go behind the scenes to talk to personalities on the radio and TV you hear and watch every day. We're airing on Peoria Life's Facebook Live page right now, but if you want to see this episode or previous episodes, just go to the PeoriaLife.com web portal, or you can go to uh, YouTube or Peoria TV on the i3 broadband system that's channel 17. I'm Scott Wheeler from Super Hits WIRL, and today we're talking to a guy who was once the king of rock radio in Peoria, and now is holding court <laughs> in talk radio on the nationally syndicated Markley and Van Camp show, which you can hear locally here on 1470 and 100.3 WMBD. We are, of course, talking about the one, the only... Jamie Markley. Welcome, my friend. Scott Wheeler. We go way back. Oh, it's a pleasure. And we're going to talk about that. But first, I got to know, do you pinch yourself thinking that you are doing a nas nationally syndicated talk show across the country from Peoria, Illinois, after years of introducing Def Leppard records? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. I won't yeah. lie. Um, I can't think about it that way. I have to think about it as it's me and David Van Camp and mm -hmm. Scott Robbins in a room, mm -hmm. and we're talking about stories the way we would if there were no mics. Mm -hmm. And I always have to think of it that way, because if I think about, oh my gosh, we're on all over the country, because I never think of myself on that same tier with the guys that do that. Mm -hmm. um, I can remember saying to a talent coach, this was years ago, saying, I, I don't think I fit here, you know, mm -hmm. sort of with this mold. Mm -hmm. I don't have the knowledge base. Um, I uh, These guys know all about law. They know all these things. And he just said, you have opinions, right? I'm like, well, yeah. It's like, have you had a pretty good career at entertaining people? I guess. Oh, you're fine then. And it was kind of like, oh, okay. It's like, you don't try to be like these other people. Just mm -hmm. do what you do. It's different. What mm -hmm. the show you guys do is a different form of talk radio. Mm -hmm. And this guy's opinion was it was needed. Um, and there was a lane for that. So, yeah, I try not to think about it too much, but I'm very humbled by it. Because so, I didn't set out to do it. I think you know that better yeah. than anybody. It's not yeah. like I was ever saying, I'd love to be a syndicated talk show host. That <laughs> wasn't like that at all. So how did it come about? Well, getting into talk radio uh -huh. uh, was 2004. Um, I met with Mike Wilde, of mm -hmm. course, who you know. Uh, and he had said, I'd see him at, you know, like Taste of Peoria and all these mm -hmm. different events. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, it's so small in this town, sooner or later I'm going to work for you. <laughs> you know, that sort yeah. of thing. And he had an idea, and when I um, met with him, it, I thought he had another station he was going to put on. It was a music station. He's like, mm -hmm. what do you think about talk? And at the time, I'm like, I like the old guy stuff, you know? <laughs> that was 2004, but... Uh, he said, well, listen to, listen to a few shows out there. And he gave me a couple of shows to listen to that were more lifestyle, a couple mm -hmm. of guys. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I thought about guys like Robbins, mm -hmm. um, that we could do that. And Robbins wasn't available at that time. And then uh, called Luch, Phil Luciano over at the mm -hmm. Journal Star. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hey, what do you think about a radio show? Mm -hmm. And 
Lucha's like, I don't know. I'm teaching. I got this column. I don't know. Whatever. Within two weeks after he thought about it, I remember he called me and I'm like, hey, Luch. And he's like, we got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that, that started doing talk. Um, and then, you know, the shows work for a while. And then they, they put us on a rock station. It didn't work as well. And then I had gone into sales for about three months, which is ready for something different. I was kind of burned out. And Robbins wanted me to join him in the afternoon on MBD. And uh, it's like, that was the, the itch that we never could scratch because we always thought we'd be pretty good together. Mm-hmm. We've been friends for years. And so we started that. And because Alpha, the radio group uh, based out of Portland, owned our station, they liked us and then put us on the air in Portland. And we had real success in Portland. Mm-hmm. And then the idea of, well, they should, you know, syndicate it mm-hmm. is sort of how that all came down. It so, was a lot of luck involved. For those who haven't heard Mark Lee and Van Camp, what's the show all about? It's not a, you're right, it's not a typical politically based talk show. I would say it's the news that we have to cover. Mm-hmm. Like as a news audience, there's an expectation, hey, they're going to cover these big stories. Mm-hmm. But on any given day, there might be a couple of those. Mm-hmm. But from there, you can kind of choose. There's tons of news. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be something from the entertainment world. It might be something from the sports world. It might be um, how you parent. Mm-hmm. You know, there might be a new study out uh, about how much screen time a kid should have. And we're talking about the battle that we might have at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to cover a lot of things that, you know, men and women you know, around our age or younger, mm-hmm. would find interesting. Mm-hmm. And can we make people laugh? Right. Um, we've been told that that is the secret of any success we have is the humor that would keep people coming back. Okay. And our humor is not for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> humor generally isn't. <laughs> um, but that's one thing yeah. that we get complimented a lot about. So what was the toughest part of the transition from music radio to talk radio? Other than the obvious, you're talking for, you know, 10 or 12 second blips on, on music radio and suddenly 15 minutes is before the next break comes. The first few shows and people that have done talk radio before will tell a music radio guy the same thing. Mm-hmm. You run out of material fast, but you have no idea until you experience it. You're like, we got nine more minutes to fill. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, so you, the preparation for a show was beyond anything that I had done before. Looch, man, he, he, for never doing radio, he, I learned a lot about preparation from him. Um, and then, you know, from other people too. It was also a deep dive on just news because I didn't pay as much attention, sure. especially in music radio. If you're not doing mornings, you're just doing afternoons and you're you know, programming a station, you're so honed in on the music world and what's happening within the format. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time to pay attention to real news stories that were going on. Mm-hmm. So it may be, you know, as we're on in 2004 or five, it's like, well, you remember what happened in 2002 with this whole controversy. And I'm like, I have no idea <laughs> what you're talking about. So it was, you know, trying to educate myself the best way I could of trying to figure out, um, you know, politics, world news, all that stuff. Okay. 
So before all this talking began, you were a uh, mainstay on uh, Rock 106 back in the day. Remind me of the years I... I I started, I um, <laughs> oh, I was doing country in Galesburg, and I got a part-time job at the old 106 uh-huh. um, in the fall of uh, 1988, okay. and then went full-time uh, spring of 1989 in the afternoon against you. Yes. And we had a mutual friend, Roger Lundine, right. um, and I don't know if you remember, he had like a cookout at his house one day. Yep. And I got to meet you there. Mm-hmm. And, I, and Roger, had, he was a part-timer at KZ93, for those that don't know. Right. Um, so he had all sorts of tapes of you, um, had stories about you. Um, so you and all those KZ guys were legends in my mind, along with the guys that I had been listening to on 106. So coming in, then into that, I was pretty overwhelmed. And I, I really didn't think I was ready to do afternoons on 106. I was 21 years old and had such great respect for all of these different rock guys that I'd listened to. And even though your the KZ presentation was different, mm-hmm. you guys were so slick um, and totally pro. I, I was so intimidated. Really? You know, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can remember, I remember the countdowns on the CD player. Um, and, you know, if a song was 424, as it like hit four minutes, the anxiety would get there. It was like deep breath and then go on and talk and try to do the best that you could with that particular break and keep it under 60 seconds. You know what I mean? But I would torture myself with it. I'd listen to the tapes after the show and program directors would say, don't ever do that. I couldn't help it. Mm. It was like, I just wanted to get better. Mm. Um, But that's, that's how that started. Um, But since I had met you at that uh, uh, cookout at Rogers, Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, well, we're not like enemies. Some of these guys take this battle very seriously. And yeah, you want to win. But at the same time, like, Wheeler's a good guy. Should I have lunch with him sometime? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, you're kicking my butt in the ratings. No, it fluctuated a lot. It fluctuated a lot. I mean, we had no idea. I mean, look at this. How do you compete against Snarly Guy? And I don't know what you're doing in that other picture. Looking a little like... uh, Wayne from Wayne's World. Um, well, you have to understand that uh, I was like a rock dog. I, it, I got into it because I lived for it. I really did. And so when I had to play, that's uh, Anderson, Bruford, Wakeman, and Howe, Phil Collins, and Don Henley. And I'm like, yay, like, this isn't rock and roll. Where is the ACDC and the Ozzy? What is going on? I'm on a rock station that doesn't rock. <laughs> Yeah, but that that picture where you're snarling, I mean, how do you compete with that beauty right there? <laughs> Idiot. I think that was the later golf stage after I had discovered golf. I think that's a Tiger Woods hat. Man, I miss that hair, though. Don't wait. God's got a funny sense of humor. My ears are out there, baby. So as you look back at uh, Rock 106, what what? because that station was special. I mean, kudos to all you guys. What? What made that station work? Man. Well, (laughs) first thing, we were the only rock station in town. Mm. That helps. (laughs) (laughs) So there's no other choices. If you want any rock, you know. But besides that, we really tried to be a part of people's lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know who was the main brain generator of that. But when we started doing like the Rock 106 checkbook, 
and the credit cards that would get you special discounts off the Rock 106 trips. Mm -hmm. We wanted to not just be the station that people listen to, but hey, you can go on vacation with us. We want to give you guys shows down at the riverfront. Mm -hmm. And it was never, um, or at least it was never intended to be, we're the station and we will, you know, do you all a favor and hang with you. It's that you're all going to be hanging out and we want to hang with you because we're one of the audience. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And we're going to be right there and we're all going to have a great time together. I think that was sort of the mentality. And, you know, you could take risks. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, Bruce Foster owned the station, and anybody that knew Bruce knew it was pretty loose in that building. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, think? <laughs> oh my gosh. They, you know, I can remember uh, like a consultant coming in and telling him, You got like a club med here. I mean, people come and go as they please, but you, we had a bunch of people that all got their stuff done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I had a passion for it, was never looking to like cut out early and not mm -hmm. do things. Mm -hmm. They all wanted to be a part of it and live it. Mm -hmm. So I think that probably helped a lot. We were all young. Um, uh, most of us didn't have families yet. Mm -hmm. And so that was your life. Mm -hmm. You know, you never thought about, well, after I get off the air, I'm going to go down to the River Jam and that I have to work tonight. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, that's what I'd be doing anyway. anyway yeah. So back to what you mentioned, the perception of the 106 KZ93 battle. Honestly, what did you guys think? of KZ-93. I mean, you shared your personal reflections, but what was the vibe in the building like? Well, I think it, it was typical of a, that time, if you had a top 40 versus a rock station. Mm -hmm. So uh, you guys probably looked at us as um, undisciplined, um, no plan. Party animals. Yes. Uh -huh. um, and there was a lot of truth to that. <laughs> <laughs> and we would look at you guys as playing crappy music, uh -huh. teeny bopper music. Uh -huh. It's not real. So, you, you know, there was a smugness that you would look down on that. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, depending on the air talent mm -hmm. was he's a card reader. All the guy can do is read a card. Mm -hmm. He's got no personality. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, for me... Uh, and no, I, it wasn't just me. It was other people. There were people you respected. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, like Gary Olson did mornings back at that time. Mm -hmm. Gary did great bits. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it, he did uh, for that time. Uh, and you on the air. You weren't just slick. You brought personality to it. Um, the electric Kenny Blum uh, back in the day. And I remember seeing Kenny out at different places. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it would have been so easy to make fun of Kenny at the time, the same way Kenny could have made fun of me and my hair and everything else. Mm -hmm. But I think there was a mutual respect there mm -hmm. um, because he took on that name mm -hmm. and he was so high energy. Mm -hmm. He matched the audience. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think that was what we thought was um, uh, if it was the outsiders – you know, we were the greasers, mm -hmm. and you were the socies, and there was going to be the battle, except we weren't really going to fight. <laughs> you know, uh, here's a telling thing, I think, about the mutual respect. Okay, so radio stations are rated by a company. It used to be Arbitron. Now it's Nielsen. It does mm -hmm. the TV ratings and so forth. Right. And and every, a couple times a year, we would get the, the ratings. And for some reason, your wild owner, Bruce Foster, didn't either pay his bill or something. <laughs> and like clockwork, 
you guys would call over to KZ93 and talk to Keith Edwards, the program director, to find out the ratings. And he would freely tell you, well, here's where you beat us, here's where we beat you. That just doesn't happen in this business. <laughs> no, it does not. And those friendships exist today, but that was just like, yeah, you know, 363 days of the year we're trying to kick each other's butt. But these two days a year, we're all radio people, and these are our jobs, and we're trying to do the best we can, and yeah, I'll help you out. Right. Yeah, and I ended up working with Keith <laughs> in Rockford, yeah. and we had so many stories to exchange back and forth. <laughs> it, but that's true. There was a lot of respect back and forth. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Jamie Markley, who is, of course, a former 106er, and now... One of the hosts of the Markley and Van Camp Show, heard nationally and uh, here locally on WMBD. So here's where it changed for me with you. Um, you know, you're in a competitive battle like that. You and I are against each other on the air. Yeah, we'd met at some parties and so forth. When you had your, I don't even want to call it an accident. What's the oh, word yeah. for it when you were assaulted? Yeah. You... Stopped being the radio guy and became a person to me. That all of a sudden it was like, that shouldn't happen to anybody. That could have happened to any of us on the air in Peoria. Right. And I, I have a deep heartfelt sadness for this guy. And you became a human to me. You're not just wow. a competitor. Refresh our memories what happened. Oh, it was late September, 1993. Uh, our night guy, Jason Jantz, good friend of mine, mm -hmm. uh, was driving home, and there were a couple of guys in a truck uh, that started throwing beer cans at his car, um, and they said he cut him off. Long story short, um, he drove out by my apartment, and they had chased him, but he thought he lost him. I had a studio apartment. And he came and knocked on the window. It's like 1230 at night. I remember I, w I had just done grocery shopping, the bachelor guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> got, got my groceries in. And I'm sitting there, and I think Letterman's on, and I'm reading Rolling Stone magazine. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what's going on? And I go over to the window, and he's like, these guys want to beat me up. And I just walked outside. And I, I usually, I would be one yapping about something. I, I didn't say anything. All I said to Jason was, did you get their plate number? He's like, yeah, I got it, because they had pulled up. And we're talking to him a little bit. And I said, well, just call the cops. And so as I'm walking then to go back into my apartment. They drove up in their truck. I never saw it coming. I saw the, the uh, headlights come up behind me. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're going to get out of the car and there's going to be a fight or something. Mm -hmm. But I'm just walking. And the next thing I know, it's on the ground because he had reached out with a baseball bat and hit me across the back of the head. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and at first, I just knew I was bleeding from the ear. Mm -hmm. Turns out it was... Uh, a basal skull fracture. Um, these guys had also, the guys that hit me, um, I mean, they were drunk out of their mind. Mm -hmm. They, uh, a couple of Bradley students, they bashed in their uh, side view mirror on their car on War Memorial. It was totally random. It's mm -hmm. not like they knew we were radio guys or anything else. It was just random stuff. Um, and so then I'm, you know, in the hospital for three weeks and, you know, close to death there for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it definitely came out with a different perspective on life. That, yeah, just my observation is that changed you. Absolutely. H how did it change you? Um, well, at the time I thought about, 
um, you know, sort of like what's important in life and, um, you know, what, what do I want to get done? Mm -hmm. Those types of things. Uh, and I remember the big card that all you guys sent me, that everyone from the KZ staff and the WMBD staff mm -hmm. sent. It was an outpouring and, um, you know, there were, it, it was such a, a weird time because, um, my wife, she and I had just really started dating. So there was that relationship that was really uh, important to me at the time. Um, but it just gave the whole different perspective more than anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd like to tell you that that was a real big part of my own faith journey. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how much you want me to get into that. Love it. Um, well, you know, I grew up in the church, so I always believed in Jesus, but I didn't live the life. I sort of thought it was, well, John 3.16, I'm going to go to heaven, I believe. Not really realizing, and not, I mean, I was biblically illiterate, um, that, wow, even the demons believe. Um, that, that, I think, was part of me looking at things in a different way. It wasn't until 2001 where I realized, oh, my goodness, I've never really lived for the Lord. And I'm understanding now what it means, and I've got to try to do this. That's when there was a, a big change. But I think part of that was 93. Mm -hmm. um, and I think even with my wife at the time, instead of thinking, well, I don't know if I want to be tied down or I don't know, it was, I know I love this woman and uh, I don't want to live without her. I should marry her. You know, I don't know if I would have did that without, mm -hmm. you know, the whole uh, skull fracture thing. So I think, you know, that was part of it. You know, trying to be a better person. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have a real, real sort of life change, I would say, till about 2001. Mm -hmm. So where do you go from here uh, with, uh, with the show? And is it just a day-by-day -day thing? or what? How many stations are you guys on? 45 now. So I would imagine the goal is to continue to grow that. Yes. It, the syndication company, you know, the, they're happy with where we're at. We're above the schedule that they had set for us. Um, you know, it's, I think it's just trying to remind ourselves every day of this is what we're really good at. Don't try to be something you're not. And it's staying to those same sorts of principles because I think there can be weeks that go by and it's not a conscious decision to try to emulate someone else, but someone else that you respect might hear it and say, it seems like you're doing more of this. You're not having as much fun. And then you kind of got to reset yourself of, all right, what is this show? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because it, like as an analogy, um, if you're the first band to break through with a style, um, you're an original and that's a cool thing. Um, do you want to be one of the pretenders that came behind them and tried to emulate them? Not really. You mm -hmm. kind of want to do your own thing that you feel you're good at mm -hmm. and hopefully the audience finds you. A lot of times it never does or you're just not very good at it, whatever you know it could be. But if we just stay to do what we're really good at and stay to that, it will work out one way or another. Yeah. I mean, it's like the game of Survivor radio. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's another year trying to stay <laughs> yeah, on the, the island. island. <laughs> um, and I hope we get as many stations as possible. Mm -hmm. um, boy, the syndication company's not going to see this, are they? <laughs> Listen, man, if it... If it doesn't work, if it ended up stalling at 75 and we never got to 300, would I consider it a failure? 
I probably would not. As long as we gave it our full effort and did it. If we, if we cheated it and phoned it in all the time, we deserve what we get. But if we do our best at it and do the best of what we're good at, then I can accept that. I love you. Love you, you're brother. Good. You're a great guy. Solid guy. <laughs> Jamie Markley from Markley and Van Camperd uh, nationally and, of course, locally here on 1470 WMBD and 100.3 FM. That'll do it for this week's Scott Wheeler's Airplay. We'll be back uh, next week at the same, actually at 10 o'clock next week on Facebook Live. But remember, you can see this episode and others on PeoriaLife.com. Facebook, we'll have it all over Facebook, YouTube, and Peoria TV, Channel 17 on the i3 broadband system. Until next time, we'll see you on AirPlay. PeoriaLife.com.